See, that's, that's how I do that. Like, today we're talking about change. This is, by the way, this is Scott Anderson from Warrior Academy Yoga. I always forget to do that. I guess people know what they're listening to, but uh, I always screw that up, Sus. I'm, I'm here with my buddy, Sus. What's Good morning. Up? How are you doing? I'm doing well, but, uh, you know, like you, and we were talking about right before we went on the air, like, it, we're, we're talking about change, and even the idea of change, like, makes me nervous. <laughs> and you're also explaining to me why... You needed to mash up Tupac with David Bowie. It was a real necessity. Well, well, it wasn't a necessity. I just thought again. I always think I'm more clever than I really am because no, clever guy. Because we, if we're going to talk about change, and we knew going in today we're going to talk about change, and like as a theme song, it's a no brainer. It is a no brainer. You go with David Bowie changes. Yes. Right. And then, but then there's Tupac and. That's the best change of all. How did, if you change from David Bowie to Tupac, that's like your life, right? Sometimes you're doing this, and then all of a sudden that happens. And how do you deal with that? Like in your brain, sus. Like right then, how did you deal with the fact that I did Bowie and then Tupac'd your ass? I was trying to make sense of that. Like David Bowie, <laughs> I get it. I get it. The Tupac stuff kind of went over my head a little bit. You know, it's kind of like Louis C.K., like when he talks about how uh, people say, oh, marriage is forever. And he's like, no, it's not true. Divorces. Divorce is forever. That's yeah, absolutely true. Yeah, and I think true. Tupac in the state he's in currently, that is forever. Right. So. Uh, time is the resist, uh, the resistless flow of all created things. And uh, that's Marcus Aurelius. We were talking a little bit about philosophy last week. And um, you had an interesting point before we went on about how the thing there's always change. Mm -hmm. And the problem is, is that we can't flow with it. And I, I'll be honest with you, and I think I've said this before, I'm not much of a go-with-the-flow kind of guy. And I think that people that really manage change, manage is even a bad word, I, I would say embrace change, are really able to just go with that resistless flow. You know, those are the people who I really admire because it seems to me like, for whatever reasons, they really, really trust their intuition, you know, that they just, they're in touch with it and they know what has to happen. And it doesn't seem to me like they even question it. And in business, in relationships, in everyday life, those types of people I really, really admire. It seems to me that they can make just very agile decisions that are very in line with the direction they want to go. And they don't seem to struggle with it. Whereas someone like me, who starts worrying about, oh, I don't, how's it going to affect this person? How's it going to affect that person? What about this? What about that? And I get myself into this like analysis paralysis. And then I don't make the decisions that absolutely my, my whole being is screaming at me need to occur. And that's where the suffering comes, I cling. Uh, I, yeah, and I always blamed it on the fact that I was a Libra. You know, just I always have to balance everything out because you mentioned like analysis paralysis. I'm the worst at that. 
Mm-hmm. I am the fucking worst at that. So let me give you an example of how this works. Because <clears throat> years ago, I had an opportunity to move to New York City. The company that I was working for, they literally called me up one day and said, uh, we have this new um, opportunity in New York City. We, we thought of you. We think you're the right guy, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I need some time to think about it. Hung up the phone and I thought, when am I going to have a chance to go live in New York City? You know, the universe is presenting me this big gift. And, and I had every, um, every reason to go and no reason not to, right? That's huge. I'd lived in Denver my whole life, my whole life. And I had this opportunity to move to New York. Boom, made the decision. Change, yay, right? I was younger, right? And then now it seems like I'll go to the grocery store and I'll just pick up two different versions of cake mix and I don't know which one to go with. Wait, did you move? So you didn't move to New York? I did move to New York, but I came back. See, here I am. Gotcha. So, uh, yeah, I'm sorry if I wasn't clear about that. But um, it was change wasn't necessarily easier for me when I was younger, but it seems to me like. change if it's uh, huge enough and exciting enough if it's full of potential and opportunity then we're like yeah yeah that's what i'm talking about Uh is that there's so little of those times in our lives when like massive change is taking place like your career is changing relationships are changing Mm -hmm. and how come we don't go yeah, something new's about to happen. We just freak out because we're actually changing, you know, uh, from our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. That's. Well, I think that's an easy, like those, that's easy change. Easy change is when you're like, okay, this decision is going to bring me more pleasure, less pain. So that becomes like an easy change thing. Right. And I don't know what happens. Like I'm with you when you're young, change is so exciting it seems so new and it's like there's nothing like that can – I mean th- think about even like young kids who join up in the army. It's, it's like are you kidding me? What are you si- – you know, what you're signing up for is, is pretty brutal but it's – that's excitement. But, you know, this whole change thing whereas then we get older and all of a sudden that change, all sorts of change gets really scary to the point where we're like 80 and it's like even walking out of the house seems like a scary change. Yeah, or or just changing the channel is just too much work. Mm-hmm. You know, like this show sucks, but like yeah, I would have to. There. That's an interesting question. I don't understand why we get older and we lose all that like curiosity and that playfulness. I think that that if you don't exercise that portion of your brain, like that curious part of you, then it just goes away. You then... would you would think it would be the opposite, don't you? That no, like no, the the like older old. you get, yeah. the more you have life experience to draw from that says like actually if something changes in your life, you're gonna be okay. And if you have enough road to look back on, you can go like, well actually that thing that sucked so bad ten years ago that just ripped me apart actually led me to here and this is awesome. Mm-hmm. And then we're looking forward at something else that's about to change and make a huge shift in our life. Right. But we, we can't really sort of connect those two ideas that, like, actually this monumental change that's taking place right now is going to be, you know, who knows how amazing it's going to make my life a year from now or five years from now. Yeah. I think maybe, I mean, it seems to me like habit maybe is the killer. I know, like, if you're training and you work out constantly, if you have a good trainer, they're like, no, 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 we're shocking the system and changing everything up. You never get to just continue on with a sort of comfortable uh, workout. 
Right. You know, they're constantly trying to shock your system with it, and somehow that's good for you. But I think maybe mentally that's good for you because when we get these habits, I mean, you hear those like, you know, those universal kind of pieces, you know, pieces of wisdom, like, oh, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And unfortunately, those pieces of, of wisdom somehow are always correct, mm-hmm. you know, and I just think that that's the danger zone. The danger zone there is these habits. And then we get really attached to those habits. And then we think about leaving those habits, and then somehow it gets scary. Like, you turn into, like, the rain man. Even even if you want something different, we generally won't do it. It's the devil you know versus the devil you don't, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But uh, as far as being a change optimist, mm-hmm. how do we not just manage change but embrace it? So the first idea that I sort of want to present to you is, is something that you were talking to me about. I don't remember when, but you talked about taking your medicine and as it relates to uh, jujitsu and fighting an opponent. And that's why I have you on the show is because I can live vicariously through you without actually getting punched in the face or kicked. So I figured it's because you like being close to me and staring at my beautiful face. Well, your eyes are compelling me right now. I just want to say that, but, (laughs) but Change optimism is really the idea of not just, oh, my God, here's change. I can do this. Mm -hmm. I can, like, psych in yourself. I I can do this. It's, like, actually, like I said, moving to New York, getting excited. Like, things are about to change. Wow, this is going to be great, Mm -hmm. you know. So being a change optimist, uh, I thought, really related to your idea of sort of taking your medicine. You said fight a a better opponent. Well, I think it's... Say I, I, I train with somebody who I'm way better than, you know, I mean, it's, it's cool. It's playful. Maybe I'm help, helping them out. It's I can, playful. You know, like, I mean, I'm just been, batting them around like a kitten with a ball. Well, you know, there's but. something to it. Like, I mean, I guess I mean, in some degree I must be developing a, a strain of confidence. I don't even know. But really, like you said, there, then that's true. There's not, there's no growth there for me. Right. Other than maybe I'm helping somebody out and, uh, I'm moving around, but the real growth comes when I train with somebody who's way better than me and I get, I'm on the run the whole time and just trying to survive. At the end of that one, I'm becoming something, you know, I mean, you can feel that change occurring. You can feel your spirit growing. You can feel, I mean, I have this, this little trick that I do is when I'm in the worst possible place, the the worst condition there is. One of my friends says that's when he, that's the only time he prays. Is when oh, yeah. He's scared, you know? And then, but for me, I go, there's like that one universal truth and it's, it's I am, you know? That's the only truth that there is, is I am. And so when somebody's all over me and I'm just defending everything and I'm in the worst position, I just start trying to find my breath and just saying to myself, I am. You know, and then just try to think through where I am and all the rest of it. And in those situations, I feel myself in that moment. I feel an evolution taking place, and right it's through the pain. And that, and having that awareness is is way harder than however great your opponent is and mm-hmm. how mismatched you are against your opponent. Because there, we're never going to face an opponent, you know, more powerful than time and change. Some of the guys I train against uh, make me make me question that. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I'm poured in. Like they're twisting me into a pretzel. So 
Um, at that moment, all I'm trying to think on is I'm alive and how do I stay alive? And that doesn't necessarily mean that it gets any better for me or that I somehow like triumphantly win. Um, I, I mean, I just, I end up getting beaten. Well, you said it, you said it right there. I'm alive and how do I stay alive? Mm -hmm. And some people, uh, equate change with death. death. Uh-huh. Right. It's scary stuff. I'm with you. I, I'm the, the the first person to admit that that's probably if we when you said the whole idea of change it it, it kind of gives you like a little bit of a knot in, in your stomach mm -hmm. i should actually direct it at myself i mean it gives me a knot the idea of change the idea of like impermanence the idea of like sometimes i'll look at my dogs and think about them not being around or i'll look at you know think oh the that's same thing. that's a happy thought thanks a lot <laughs> you know what i mean but it's like that 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 those traumas tend to be not the easy traumas or the easy changes would be like you were saying a sudden opportunity new relationships things like that those are really easy those are like changes that you welcome right the changes you don't welcome those are the the mess ups the more traumatic ones breakups getting fired sickness death those are the ones that like they're not even occurring and you start stressing out about them right so it's not even so even the like the even the mere mention of it gives you like a knot in your stomach as opposed to it's not even occurring at this point Right. Well, I or maybe it is like the beginnings of it are occurring. I mean, certainly, my, you know, you you could go back and look at 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 the writings of any uh, positive psychologist in the last fifty years, and they would probably all say the same, which is that you know if you are dealing with something right now. Uh, we want to be present, but if you go back and look at where you were five or ten years ago, it's easy to sort of make the connections, you know, like mm -hmm. this change happened in my life, and so that led to this, which led to this, which led to this. Mm -hmm. So do I go back and – see, I, I love being a yoga teacher. Like I, I was born to do this. The only problem is is it took me a long damn time to to figure it out, you know. So do I go back to – well, it was when I moved to New York. That's actually where the path started, you know. Or do I go back to? Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to um, to an ex girlfriend because I had a, a woman who introduced me to yoga, right? And um, Suzanne, if you're out there, thank you because that was an instrumental part of the the change. You know, even though we split up, and that was very heartbreaking and, and difficult to to deal with. Um, it led me to where I am now. And that led me to the other things that came into my life. I, you know, I have a daughter now, and she is 16 months old. And you want to talk about, you know, watching change occur on a daily basis. You know, there's, there's nothing that changes more than a, a child. Mm. Um, so I've been really... I think blessed to have the opportunity to have a, a, a teacher that mm -hmm. I'm going to have for the rest of my life. And for the rest of my life, I'm going to be watching her change. And hopefully that's going to be um, my opportunity to be able to learn and grow and be able to accept change because I'm like you, I struggle with it. Every, everything in my life, like I don't want anything to change. I didn't want breaking bad to end, you know, <laughs> This, I'm disturbed by this, you know, what, and, and I shouldn't be. The part about change, so it's not the actual change that's, that 
I think messes me up. It's the the fear of failure, you know, all those different things that can kind of come into play. Oh, this change because you get into this like sort of comfortable place like that, like the you know the guy who sits in his house all day, like the hermit. He just sits in there and doesn't really deal with anything because everything else seems scary, you know. And so I just wonder about like for me, what is what is that? Like there's a, like that little hermit that's sitting inside that's like, I don't want to go trudge up another mountain, you know, God, it's cold outside. And yet that turns into like the experience of a lifetime. You climb that mountain, but right. it just always, it's super uncomfortable. It, it so, is. I think everybody has that little hermit that is just like, I, 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 I got it figured out. I, I figured so I figured this out, and, and I don't want to have to figure anything else out because it's hard, or I don't want to have to figure out the hard stuff because then there's a lot of work involved. Yeah, and going back to like the Breaking Bad analogy, it's like it's okay. So remember at the the end, not to you know to spoil it for anybody, but at the end where he's sitting in that hut in New Hampshire, that's all of a sudden like his home. It's not so great, but it's almost like he's scared to go outside because it's cold outside and life is occurring outside, but. He'll, he's content for a month or two months to sit in this kind of like secluded hut with a wood-burning stove, and that's as good as it gets. Right. And so I think we get this this sort of – we overestimate maybe what we have. Let's just make this whole th- – let's just use <laughs> change. Let's use change as just a segue into Breaking Bad. Because that is that if you want to talk about uh, Breaking Bad, that's it's all about a character's transformation, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because you, you watch that show, and we're definitely going to try to avoid spoilers. But uh, Walter White is a guy that goes from being this mild mannered teacher and uh, facing death, and that's what is the greatest catalyst for change, right? Mm -hmm. Is either death or something we perceive to be a death, Mm -hmm. right? And then all of a sudden this transformation takes place. And and we could equate change with death because something is dying, something's changing, you know? So, and you you saw the the same thing in Jesse, you know, Mm -hmm. Jesse's character went through a, a monumental shift in who he was as as a human being. So really, I think that that's one reason why we like stories. And whether it's a TV show or whether it's a movie or whether it's a book, what well, it's we're mythology, really yeah. It is mythology and it's and it, Joseph Campbell uh, called it the hero's journey. And and the story is always the same. The story never changes. It's, you know, the 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 mild-mannered person becomes a meth dealer. Becomes a meth <laughs> dealer, right? Uh, no, no, don't don't throw me here. The, the, the person that is really uh, has to change and the universe presents the opportunity to change and, and, and gets thrown back, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, f- at first you're thrown back by the chaos mm-hmm. and then you find a way to deal with it and then fight through it, you know, uh, in, in the most ideal scenario. Yeah. And I think that to one degree or another, we're uh, managing change. Everybody does. Right, we all manage change. If we didn't manage change, we'd still be crawling around. You know, it was a difficult thing to first stand up and then start walking. And again, I, I got to use my daughter as a metaphor. Like I just watched her fall on her ass like a, a thousand times before she got up and started taking some steps. And now she's talking, and now she's doing a lot of other amazing things. And so I watched that, and I and I think to myself. 
there is me. I keep falling on my ass and I'm trying to figure out how to get back up and how to how to manage change. See, but that's 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 noble as opposed to where my problem comes in is suppressing change. So then you set up like this dam. Okay, well, I'm just going to get myself look, I'm 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 comfortable. I'm in here. I've got my dam set up, but it's like it's storming out though. Right. So pretty soon you've got breaches in the levee, whatever's going on, you stick your finger here, you stick your finger there, you're you're plugging in your toes trying to like stop this tidal wave of change and they're it's silly. It's from my end and this is what causes me probably, you know, if I was going to say like the source of the anxiety that might occur in me, it happens from that trying to wall my or insulate myself against that change. And so like the real, I think when you talk about the awareness training, it would be me saying, well, what really slowing down and saying, well, what is it that I'm so afraid of when it comes to change, you know? And it's like, and then, then panging like nostalgia. I mean, that's a real dangerous thing because you, you all of a sudden create this comparison game with something that took place a while ago and it never even existed in that way, you mm-hmm. know? And then pretty soon you're in this place where you're just like, oh, you know, that's, that's a dangerous even comparison game in, in and of itself is like attaching yourself to nostalgia. So I think it's from my end, it's embracing the newness, the, embracing like what happens with, okay, so you suffer and then you you grow and you also like transform. So I, I guess somehow what I have to attach myself to, if I was going to be like giving myself some direction here, it would be really latching on to not only the growth, but the transformation that can take place and not attaching myself to the fear, which would be uh, uh, the shame of failure, you know? And I think that, that, that shame is what somehow makes us, or for me, makes me most uncomfortable with the idea of change. Right. You, you had a great quote uh, before we went on, it, which was uh, Brene Brown Shame corrodes the very part of us that believes we are capable of change. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, that when, when I read that, that really makes sense to me. And at the same time, I'm sitting there going like, is, is my issues around change having to do with shame or is it uh, because I'm comfortable? Mm-hmm. You know, those, I, I don't know if those are, are separate ideas or if it's really part of the same uh, monster. But we sort of have this very nostal—not uh, nostalgic. You, we have a romantic notion. Uh, like you, you were sitting there. Just I could really see it in your body and in your eyes. You were talking about sort of uh, passionately about how it's good to change because there's growth, and and that's why that's why I say it's romantic because we think, oh yeah, and we imagine it and think, I'm going to create change. I'm going to do this, and then when the when the time comes. You know, um, then the universe just kicks us in the ass. Well, it just kicks us in the ass. It is like, okay, like you think of the summit. That's the romantic view is I'm on the summit, arms raised, and I'm triumphant. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But that summit takes, it's like as soon as you get to that summit, it's like, okay, now I got to get down. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Or it's like the the next change occurs. So it's, 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 uh, maybe as we get older, maybe we just get, tired that's probably part of it too is that like we summit and then we go yeah i did it and then there's then there's and then you at the summit you know what you see there's another fucking mountain over there Mm -hmm. and it's way bigger than this one yeah and there's no way home 
but you know through that right you know yeah no and i think you cling to that sensation that that sensation of triumph maybe and then the the part that's so difficult is as you alluded to is the whole shame thing which would be i mean that that's that, that's just like an egoic struggle i guess or like maybe even narcissistic of like how will i be viewed you know like those those that sensation like i i think that that probably was what guides me is like not guides me that's what probably hampers me is that constant the fragility of my ego of like inadequacy right you know and that's not fun to admit to but it's like oh if i do this and fail i'm inadequate if i if i am not successful at this i'm inadequate if i lose at this i'm inadequate and that shame of inadequacy is what suppresses or not even suppresses is what makes you want to like create that that insulated environment which isn't so great well it makes me wonder if if uh shame isn't necessarily what at least for me is the bigger issue is so much as it is doubt you know Mm -hmm. we see something coming down the road or or we just get slapped in the face by change and then we doubt that we can manage it you 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 talked about inadequacy you know you, you want to talk about sort of personal fears like that's a huge one Mm-hmm. you know, is feeling inadequate. Um, I just think there's like, also there's so the people who I really admire who embrace, let's not just say that change, but also that confidence in, in really going for it. Like I was watching, it was from a couple of years ago, they were interviewing the, the coach of Oklahoma state for wrestling and they were undefeated going number one into the national tournament. And the guy, the interviewer said, well, how do you deal with that pressure, you know, being number one? He's like, we've prepped for 12 months to be number one. This is what we've put ourselves in this position of being under pressure. This is what we've wished for. Uh Because he's like, if we were number 20 with 10 losses, he's like, there'd be no pressure on us. He's like, that's not what we came here for. We came to put ourselves under the mountain of pressure because that that was our goal. Our single-minded goal was to put ourselves in a position of pressure. Right. So if, if doubt is one of our, our greatest insecurities, then our, uh, our underlying desire to be tested is one of our greatest strengths. Is that what you're talking about with this, this wrestling team? Because uh, that makes sense to me. That resonates to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be tested. And, and again, that maybe that's a romantic notion. I'm playing it out in my head, in my simulator, a lot better than I actually end up doing it in real life, you know, because I've, I've faced monumental change just in the last few years. And I, I gotta be honest, man, like I did not do well. Mm-hmm. I did not do well. I, I struggled. And yet I, I think to myself, uh, I do yoga and I meditate and I do all of these things and I'm, I'm constantly working on myself. I'm reading the books, I'm doing the homework, you know, mm-hmm. and then change came and it just kicked me in the ass and and now that i've uh maybe there is some element of doubt maybe there is some element of shame but i look back on that and i go wow uh i can't go back and change any of that right that's Mm -hmm. that's the great irony is that we can't go back and change it but what i can do is learn from this and learn the fact that uh change is actually a good thing Mm -hmm. and when i became a father that was you know i'd spent my whole life you know, me, 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 me. 
and now I have a daughter, and that is has been the most wonderful change that's ever occurred in in my entire life. And like I said, I hopefully that that's something that I'm going to continue to learn from. Hopefully, the next monumental change that that occurs in my life is going to be something that I'm going to manage a lot better than the last probably three to five years. So. Um, guilt, yeah, shame, regret, there's all of those things and all those things are really just baggage that's going to weigh me down in, for the next time that I have to climb the summit mm-hmm. and take on the next change. So I got to rid myself of a lot of that weight. There's nothing heavier than a chip on your shoulder or or regret. Yeah. I, I mean, I think so, so for me, the, the lesson that I need to learn, you know, that you hear about that, like stacking, like it'll keep on happening. Until like you cup stacking? Lesson. Cup stacking. There's or just a, a, or just kind of like. Why are you like, talking about cup stacking? Because I would wail on you. Probably. I, I want to do. get a little junior high school kid from Iowa who will crush you like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think it's, uh, I, I think the problem with change or that I have with change or what is accepting the change. So I think it's, it's the people I know who do well with change seem to like, they enact the change. The people like me who don't do well in change are forced to change. Right. So that's the big paradigm shift that I need to make is if I get into a place of an enacting change means you have to get really in touch with your intuition, you know? And if you're not in touch with that, then you get into that place. The miserable place is where change is forced upon you. Because I think with your psyche, it feels like it's not your choosing. It feels like you've been booted out of the house and now, oh God, I don't even have a house anymore. It's kind of like putting your dog outside in the deck and it was just like, it was having a really nice sleep. And then all of a sudden you're like, no, get out. And you see your dog outside just like, wait, I want to be in sleeping. I I think that is one of the laws of the universe is that if the universe is always got your back and is always just gently encouraging you to move forward into change and growth and transformation. And you lean back into the universe. It starts pushing harder, right? Until eventually it gives you a nice shove. Well, and in my case, it's not necessarily a shove. It's like, I mean, it's an absolute hip toss, you know? And the thing is, is, is what I need to start doing better is enacting the change, not being like the, I, I wrote a blog once called uh, trampled by turtles. You know? Yes. And it's, and it's always like, Oh, let's just say you were a basketball player and you're trying out for the team. And it's like, you know, that you do not do well going to the left. You're just good going to the right. So you, every day you go to the right and you go to the right and you don't really work on you're like, it's always in the back of your mind. Like, man, I should really practice going to the left. Mm-hmm. then tryouts come, you know? And it's like you're so upset because you got cut. But for six months, you knew you had to work on going to the left, but you chose to ignore that, which is what I was talking about with myself. It's not the change isn't, isn't enacted by me. It's forced upon me. It's like if I want to make this team now, I, I have to go to the left. But the writing's been on the wall for much, much longer than just that actual day of Now, tryouts. see, that's that's a great example. Can you Can you give me an example of when you did enact the change and how it has you know, okay. been, been a difference maker. Yeah, so I can say as far as that's – like a saying that I, that I have is that the universe rewards bravery. And I never even thought about it this way. It's that bravery is when you enact change. So let's just look at uh, 
maybe you're in a relationship that doesn't serve you. So then you can, it doesn't reward manipulation, you know? So let's just say that you're like, oh, and you become, maybe you, you try to manipulate outcomes or things along those lines. You think you're getting what you want, but in reality, you're not. I mean, the, the suffering's just going to continue. That's actually a good example of it. It's like staying too long. You know that it doesn't serve you or the other person, and yet you stay because the change is scary. Whereas opposed to like people I know who are just like... Which is, which is ironic because when you talk about manipulation, what you're really trying to do is change that person to exactly. suit you. Controlling, you know, and you, you're, you're uh, attached to them, which isn't love. You're controlling of yourself and the them, even if it's subtle, and then you feel like entitlement. You know, it's, it's an entire, like, it's an egoic struggle that's going on there. Right. But so the, are, you, are you telling me you, you, you have an experience in which you, you did well with change in a, in a relationship? Because well, they're, they're doing well with change. <laughs> because, so. come on. Let's, that, that's, I'm going to own that one. I can't handle it. I've never done it right. I'm still hopeful that, like, I'm going to, you know, be in a relationship that transforms and, and be able to, to manage that. But are, are you suggesting you've done that? I'm currently, I would say that I'm doing, I, I'm like, I, I feel like I finally learned a lot that I'm bringing that into my current relationship, which is why it feels very fulfilling to me. Right. And hopefully to her as well. But, um, on the other side of it is when those things aren't taking place. Well, let's just say there, to, to, there is very little connection. The people I see who are, you know, the intelligent move is doing the brave thing. This doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve me. This book needs to end. It doesn't need to be like comma, dot, 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 and like to be continued later. It means like the book needs to close. Mm -hmm. you, I'm going to let you go to your life. I'm going to let myself go to my own life and nobody has to be worse for wear here and, you know, have a nice day. That, like, the universe will reward that. Not right away, but what will occur is, like, change will actually occur as opposed to when you get attached to something. And all those other egoic things that I was talking about take place. Mm -hmm. um, that you're looking at misery there. That's not enacting change. And I've been told that. Like, it shouldn't just be, like, you got to close books. You got to close chapters. Not just, it can't just be one run on sentence, you know? It's just, that's just completely tiring. How would you even say, <laughs> you, you have to, you can't even take enough breaths to go with that run on sentence. So I think as far as, what I'm alluding to here is in terms of the universe rewards bravery is enacting change in your own life. And it's not always pretty, but it's a far better, it's a far better method than when the change gets thrust upon you and you get trampled by turtles, like I was saying. Do before. you believe in destiny? Do you believe in predetermination? Um... I would have to probably think through that more. I feel like I don't believe in mere coincidence. Right. You know, and I think like it's, it's always interesting to me. And I, I, I am in touch with well, that. Well, that know? alone sort of tells me that I think that there is some element of that that, that you'll buy into, you know. I just think um, it's interesting how all of a sudden, say, you meet people or you get involved in something. Like one of my friends is the CEO of a ball bearings company. I don't think he was a young child who sat around and said, one day I'm going to be CEO of a $3 billion ball bearing company. Right. And, but somehow 
he and that company met each other at a certain point in time and it worked out. Well, that's a very unromantic notion that you were born to work in a ball bearings uh, sure. company. But maybe it's it's not that. It's just all of those things in the universe conspired to put him with the person that he's with. Somebody or, put or, boxing gloves on Floyd Mayweather. Somebody put a basketball in Michael Jordan's hand. Right. Somebody put a golf club in Tiger Woods's hand. It's like, so there's something really, like, th- th- there's something divine about that. You know, but but you were talking a second ago about closing the book, and yet you know who started writing that book? You know, we're both big fans of of uh, Marcus Aurelius, and you know he said even while the thing is in the act of coming into existence, some part of it has already ceased to be. Yeah. So is the end present in the beginning? And if so, then there's that human part of us that struggles with the the divine nature the the writing that's already on the wall so even if that is so i don't think i can go through my life like that thinking that everything's predetermined i i i need to have this sensation that i'm choosing exactly you know and so it's like one way it's like oh well it's all predetermined that doesn't really resonate well, that's, with me. And that's what i'm and yeah. me neither that's what i mentioned earlier i'm not really a go with the flow kind of guy and I, I think that that is at its heart sort of what we're talking about as far as why it's difficult to change and why the universe is going to start shoving you if you don't do it. Because I think that there is sort of some sense of predetermination that, uh, you know, one of the ways that I've looked at it that I find comforting is perhaps uh, as I was a spirit before I manifested into the life of a human being, I got to choose some of the lessons that I wanted to learn as a spirit, right? And um, Maya is the illusion that when we come into this um, this state and manifest as human beings, it, there's this illusion around us that we think that like maybe we've never been here before, uh, but we have to have that illusion because the one thing that a spirit can never really uh, understand is what it's like to discover itself. Right. Mm. If you think about yourself, if you go back and just use your imagination and think, you know, I am a all powerful, omnipresent, omniscient spirit. Right. Well, you know, everything except what it's like to not know everything. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if we come into this plane of existence, then it's it's always been, like I said, comforting to me to think about the fact that maybe before this, when I knew everything. And I didn't know what it was like to be earthbound, to have limitations, to be heartbroken, and that my spirit needed to learn patience and compassion. Well, then I had to put myself, subject myself to this illusion. And in doing so, the earth sort of becomes a university, Mm -hmm. you know, and the lessons that I chose are the ones that are playing out now. Maybe predetermination was just me selecting my courses, mm-hmm. you know, for the university of life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I could tell you what you just said, but. What do you mean? <laughs> no, I liked it. I was struggling so hard to make a coherent point. No, it was good. It was it's good. so disappointing for me to hear you say that because now I'm thinking, shit, everybody's listening to this and I just made no fucking sense whatsoever. No, you did. You did. I just, uh, 
But we were talking about predetermination and the desire to choose. Yeah. And the problem is, is that we're not choosing to do the thing that will cause us to grow. Well, I just think if there's a cosmic symphony, you either, and you were saying the whole thing about like flow, like going with it and things like that. I think that it, it's not necessarily a flow, but it's kind of like getting in tune with, you know, that harmony that goes out there. Like you hear good vibes. If you're, if you're not in a place of acceptance. It's such a good vibration. I was thinking I'm going to go Marky Mark. More. No. Okay. Okay. But that was just me. Why, why would you go Beach Boys? I'm older than you. I don't know. And I went Marky song. Mark. The other one's not as pleasant. <laughs> so when I think about. But I just think like if. if let's just say that, that good vibes is like happiness and healthy attitude and all the rest of it. I think there has to be that acceptance and surrender to the change like that's the only way you're going to find the flow when you go against it you can but it's it's like beating your head against a rock and it's funny because i was listening to like i have two buddies who unfortunately i have a lot more than two buddies but i have a number of people in my life who've gone through rehab and the the cornerstone of any of those 12-step programs is a serenity prayer yes you know and it's always i don't even know how the serenity prayer goes but i know there's parts in it about like being able There's, to know the difference between like uh it's it's so hard wait are you gonna say it to me by do you, well actually memory? yeah so let me see if i could do this i can't um god grant me the serenity to ah crap I, I don't I'm got it sure like, i don't I got it what can I accept and having the wisdom to know the difference between the two, right? Right. Something to that effect, right? Or having the uh, recall to be able to remember a very simple quote. Yeah, and, and then it's, <laughs> and it's, I think they, they named it the serenity prayer for a reason. It's like if, if you can do those things, then you got a good shot of being able to like be happy, which is really accepting the change. Well, I think that the first thing that we have to do is manage it. To, to not fall apart when change occurs, mm-hmm. right? Then there's serenity. To be able to, to say to yourself, there is a higher power that's going to see me through this, and part of that higher power is me. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that's the sense that we are good enough. You know, and then uh, I'm still struggling in my life and still struggling uh, in our conversation today to really figure out, like, how do we embrace it and get excited about it you know yeah because when i went to new york that was big and scary and yet i jumped you know and you you see all the memes on facebook you know we get our single serving dose of of inspiration about how we should embrace change and go with the flow and all that stuff and i i think the thing that gives me the most power or sense of empowerment was really sort of what we were talking about earlier as far as taking your medicine, you know, and you mentioned just a moment ago, bashing your head against the rock, you know, it reminds me of the, the great barrier reef, you know, um, how's that the metaphor of, about the great barrier reef and the, uh, oh, on the inside, like the Harbor side, it's just gray matter where all the life takes place again on the side. That's, uh, that's tumultuous where all the waves are breaking like that's where all the right where the water crashes the hardest against the reef that's where there's the most beauty and color Mm -hmm. you know the side's kind of dead the harbor side right yeah you know the other thing that i was thinking about too is when you were saying the medicine side of it is so why does that make me happy a i'm able to sense that growth but the other part is i enacted that change i think it's like 
the enactment is the making the choice feeling like you made the choice for the change as opposed to being um you know blasted by change is, is a really big paradigm shift you have to make mm-hmm. and i saw this thing that said it was the five rules of happiness by jose silva and he says one if you like something enjoy it two if you don't like something avoid it three if you can't avoid it change it four if you can't change it then accept it five you accept something by changing your perception of it so i mean that takes a solid dose of awareness to like do those things a solid dose. Yeah. And I, I think that... To put it through, sort of siphon it through that, that uh, you know, this sort of happiness filter. You have to do those things. Um, that's not easy. Sometimes when shit is hitting the fan, that's not the easiest thing to do. But I think that's when that's occurring. Like when it's getting crazy, that's when you talked about it, like meditation or stillness, or, you know, reflection whatever it is to come up like I, you know, we, in the training I do, we call it an OODA loop, observe, orient, right. decide, act. Like that's, I think the biggest part to keeping yourself sort of grounded and not being sort of, um, stampeded by change, you know? And it's, it is, it's, it's hard work. It's hard work. Yeah. Taking your medicine, man. Change is, is the medicine. And, um, what were you going to say? I just think this week, I mean, based on this discussion, like I know that this is the area of my life I need to work on. I really need to work on. And I think what I would try to do this week is when it's happening is not just let it happen to me, but enact it. Like, get, like you know, take the preemptive strike and create that change. And that happens with at work. That happens with currently with like some like family relationships and things like that. Um so in those two capacities, I, I, I right away I can just go in there and sort of uh, – I'm not talking about being a bull. I'm just saying uh, taking sort of initiate. Right. Yeah. You know, we've both mentioned a couple of times uh, one of our favorite books, The Five Things That You Cannot Change. And ironically, uh, one of them is the fact that things change and end, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so change – like this podcast, this podcast must end, and we're <laughs> still talking. Like I just, I, I get fascinated by my conversations with you. I'm gonna have to find somebody less interesting to talk to, in order to create a a, a, a smaller podcast. But hopefully, uh, people will take the time or maybe uh, visit us in multiple sessions to to listen to this podcast. But if you think about it as your friends. And they are your friends, the universe and everything that, that comes into to your life to push you forward. You know, they're all going to push you into the pool. You know they're going to push you into the pool. You're fucking outnumbered, right? So you, you can dive. Mm-hmm. You know, you can jump. You can just go in rather than being pushed in. But either way, you're going in. And I think that that's probably the first powerful idea is to know that things change and end and, and use that. And then start to look back and go like, where in my life has catastrophic change actually led to really great things in my life? Mm -hmm. And then if I'm experiencing catastrophic change in my life right now, looking forward and going, wow, I wonder where this will take me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's my work this week, like not just this week, but I'm 
like I want to work start. on it. Work on it this week, Jeff. I no, want no, you to. No, I, I want am. you to become a change optimist this week. I'm telling you, it has to happen. <laughs> it does have to happen. And uh, I loved our talk today. And this is Scott Anderson from Warrior Academy Yoga. I'm Jeff Suskin. And we'll talk to you very soon. Have a great day, everybody. Have a great day.